Reject Nation, welcome to the most speculative episode of Koi's Comic Corner to date. This is all stuff that I'm just theorizing having seen Thor Love and Thunder once and how I think that sets up Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and what Guardians of the Galaxy 3 might even be. Please do leave a like, subscribe, hit that bell, leave a comment. I've been loving reading what you guys are suggesting I talk about on this very show. And please do check out my TikTok. It's at Koi Jandro for 15 second, one minute and three minute versions of this very thing, ranting, theorizing, comic recommending, all of the above. Thank you so much for watching. Let's talk about what this magical experience sets up and a thing that a lot of people on the internet aren't discussing just yet. So I personally think that the end of Guardians as we know them to date, going off into space in Thor Love and Thunder mirrors beautifully the moment in Eternals at the end where they go off into space to meet some gods. I don't know how this isn't the biggest conversation for people that have seen the movies so far, but these movies literally have groups teams in the MCU going off to meet gods. That is a lot of paralleling. I think the Eternals is vital for phase four. I think the Eternals is foundational for a lot of the things, and I'm gonna get into a tinfoil hat theory near the end of this video, but I do think it is not a coincidence that we last saw the Guardians going off into space, and it seems like we've got the High Evolutionary as the villain of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, as well as Adam Warlock. So. I think the plot might be, considering, spoiler alert, Thor, Love and Thunder, the Guardians of the Galaxy are simultaneously trying to save gods as Thor is, and spoiler alert, Thor accomplishes his goal, he stops Gore, he does not kill all the gods, but we're hearing more and more that there was a longer cut of this film that was so violent that it would like, you know, walk that R rating line. Christian Bale has said that there were things that had to be cut. Tyke has also said the assembly cut of this film, which is always very long. Don't come at me, Snyder Cut bros. It was like four hours. Doesn't mean that's a finished movie. Doesn't mean we need the YTT cut. This is the cut he wanted, but that does mean there is a lot of things they couldn't include in this movie for tone reasons. That means somewhere out there, the Guardians are preventing some of this carnage pun intended. He's not a god, but he's a symbiote out in space. But I do think the Guardians are going to start the movie doing the task that they said they'd be doing. I think that might be how we encounter Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is in Guardians 1 in a, in a you know, cocoon situation, and he's been teased in all these movies. He's been cast as the very, very handsome Will Poulter, confusing people that don't know how puberty works. Will Poulter's been handsome. Now he's just shredded. But Adam Warlock is going to be, I think, discovered while they're trying to save gods. I think Adam Warlock is going to be this very fish out of water character that might help protect them from high evolutionary or even help them in saving these gods. You need a very powerful character. Also, don't think it's a coincidence that our Star-Lord is half god. I think that might come into play. Remember, he's the son of Ego, the living planet. There is a level of god to him. He was able to wield an infinity stone, which doesn't get talked about enough. So I think that's all going to come into play in him trying to save the gods. We also still don't know how Gamora comes back into play. High Evolutionary is a very complicated character. High Evolutionary is theoretically our villain of this movie. He's been cast, but we don't know how he's going to be utilized, obviously. He basically can evolve things rapidly. He can try to make things the best version of themselves, and he does that to the detriment sometimes of the thing. That might be a factor with Gamora. I don't know if he's going to try to, you know, mentally manipulate her. I honestly don't know how they're going to use High Evolutionary because it's one, a character I will fully admit I don't know as well as others. There might be people in the comments right now like, that's not High Evolutionary. There's a lot of interpretations. He's not like Kang in that 
it changes because of the writer, because he can travel through time. He's like a 70s character that someone thought high evolutionary was this, someone else thought was another thing, because that's a very vague concept of evolving things. So that's beautiful for James Gunn. Look at what James Gunn did with the Suicide Squad. You've got a foundation of madness, you go crazy. What better villain, what better character than a god golden deity in Adam Warlock versus a thing that evolves things maniacally, a mad scientist gone awry to deal with the chaos of the Guardians of the Galaxy trying to save gods. I think all of this conflict is perfect, and I do think the Eternals trying to save the Celestials, trying to do all of these very, very above god-level things do tie together, and I do think the foundation of Fastos tying everything in together is going to be the big unifying thing that makes phase four tick. So imagine the Eternals are hunting Celestials, a form of God, effectively, and the Guardians are hunting literal Olympian Greek gods to pr protect them, also in spaceships. It's a small universe. I do think they're going to be both on ships. I do think we're going to see those teams interact, and I do think it's going to be, even if you don't love Eternals, it's always exciting when teams come together. Comic books are all about team-ups, and when they're teams of team-ups, it's going to be really special to see certain characters interacting with certain characters. That's the fun of these movies. That's the fun of a shared universe. Two teams went out into space. It'd be kind of a waste if they didn't meet up to save some gods together. I think it's probably inevitable, and I think it'll also make for some interesting commentary on what Olympian gods are versus space gods like the Celestials, what Moon Knight's gods are versus the Pantheon gods. I do still think that was bossed at the Pantheon. I do still think that was the avatar for the Black Panther God, and I'm wondering if by the time we get to Wakanda Forever, we find that out. I wonder if we meet her and go like, oh, that was an Easter egg. I do think we're gonna be getting into more and more of the God elements, especially with the Jinn in Miss Marvel. This is being shot before episode four of Miss Marvel, so in discussing the gods and those elements of Miss Marvel, honestly, as of now, as of episode three, I think the Jinn are a mislead. I don't know if that means it's gonna be Kree. I don't know if that's gonna be Inhumans. I don't know if it's just a different kind of Underworld, but we do already have the Field of Reeds and Moon Knight and Valhalla, as well as other commentaries on Afterlife, so gods are a very broad thing. I do think that's the unifying force of Phase 4, is the afterlife, gods, eternals, those bigger-than-life beings, because we've had the street-level Marvel, we've had the celestial Marvel, I think we're getting into deities Marvel. So I think what happens to unify Phase 4 is we see that Fastos maybe was the one that invented the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi. Maybe he was the one, again, haven't seen episode 4 on yet, that invented the bangle in Ms. Marvel. Maybe Fastos has been doing things on the ground floor of Earth that caused a lot of these things to tie into the gods themselves and if you can tell things are going wacky and 70s and insane we're getting into very deep jim starlin territory we're going full kirby with these characters what better way to have guardians of the galaxy 3 tie into the other elements of the universe than the eternals making it all one more cohesive thing so Again, tinfoil hat theory, I think Fastos and the Eternals and their connection to the Celestials tie into what we're about to have in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, maybe even tying into Miss Marvel. I could be completely wrong. You could be watching this, you're like, Koi, two weeks ago, it was clearly the Jin. you're an idiot. I don't know yet, but... I think it'd be really interesting to have two super teams come together, and I do think we're gonna have a lot of bloodshed with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think the Eternals make it, I think most of the Guardians don't. I think in fighting the High Evolutionary, we lose a lot of the team. I think in trying to save gods, we might even lose a few members at the top of the movie. I could see this being a really sad conclusion of the trilogy, because James Gunn loves to kill characters. He did the Suicide Squad for a reason. So, I think Guardians 3, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of high concept, big larger-than-life visuals, a lot of things that do great around us, weirdly, 
back into phase four and unify the whole thing. And they've also, you might remember, have a Christmas special in between. So we're getting Guardians times two, two different formats, one in Disney Plus and lots of other things that might tie it all together. And we're getting Werewolf by Night before that, which is supernatural, more God things. And one thing I wanted to mention is that Singularity is the character introduced in the last five minutes of Thor Love and Thunder. And I gotta say, having the title of the movie be not a punchline, but a, an explanation, the love and thunder was brilliant. But Singularity herself is an all-powerful being that is introduced in A-Force, which is an all-female Avengers team, and then becomes friends with the Kamala Khan. And I think she's gonna be used in the Young Avengers. She's not a Young Avenger in the comic books, but she is a team member, again, of A-Force. And I do think that using an all-powerful God entity in the Young Avengers adds some stakes. I think as Marvel goes more cosmic, goes into more of the God thing, it allows us to have an anchor with the Young Avengers having a young God. She is literally the singularity. She is an all-powerful being. And as we see in the end, she fights for Thor. So I think while we have Thor as a father figure, kind of maybe overseeing the Young Avengers, having his daughter be a God will tie beautifully into Guardians 3, will tie beautifully into all the things I think we're getting to, and give us another member of the team that I don't think anyone was expecting. When you look at the Young Avengers, you've got certain expectations. You've got certain members. We all thought Kate Bishop. We all thought certain characters. Singularity is only in 23 issues of comic books. Check out A-Force. Check out some of the Ultimate stuff. It is a fascinating character that I think will be an integral Young Avenger, and maybe the biggest twist we've been thrown from Kevin Feige setting up the Young Avengers. All of this could be completely wrong. My crazy theory. Hopefully you enjoyed the, uh, the madness Greg, anything else? So to conclude this, I usually give comic recommendations. What's hard about this is since I'm theorizing something that doesn't quite exist in the comic books, it's tricky. So I'd recommend checking out the Bendis run of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd recommend the Abnet run of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd also recommend you check out the newest run of the Eternals that's still actually ongoing. It's got some of the most beautiful Eternals art and it deals with Thanos. So it feels a little bit more approachable than a lot of the older Kirby stuff, which is very esoteric and strange, though lovely. And if you like the weirder side of Marvel, go back and read the original Kirby Eternals because I do think that kind of visual and that kind of holy crap, how does this exist is coming to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So strap in for Marvel to get even weirder with James Gunn steering the ship with High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock, and maybe an Eternals team up on all that maybe tying in to the ground level stuff we have today, leading to Battle World, Secret Wars, and even bigger stuff. And that's another video. Thank you so much for listening to me potentially rant about stuff that's not gonna happen. This was all a deep cut theory video. Please leave a comment below. Let me know if you think I'm just making shit. Well, I did make shit up, but if you think the shit I made up was correct, this is all a theory of mine. I could be totally wrong. Argue with me in the comments. I'll probably read it, get a little insulted, but comment back, just be nice adjacent. Thank you to The Real Rejects for giving me this beautiful place to have harebrained tinfoil hat theories. Thank you for supporting the show and leaving comments with suggestions of other things to watch, other things to comment on, other things to make videos about. Hit that bell so you can get notified of other weird Koi's comic corners of both the streamlined and esoteric as this was. I appreciate you very much, Reject Nation. We'll see you next time.